Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Jesus Christ is Almighty God. Unfortunately, most people in the world today have little understanding of who Jesus really is. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 1 and see what the scriptures have to say about the all-important question, Who is Jesus? Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's Monday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully y'all are doing well. Loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus. Uh, we say that every time. It cannot be said enough. The very meaning of life is growing in your relationship and intimacy with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth. Um, it's in Jesus Christ that we have relationship with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit and God the Son, Jesus himself. So um, the meaning of the Christian life is Jesus, right? Jesus Christ, walking with Jesus, obeying Jesus, cultivating deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus and through Jesus, knowing God the Father as our heavenly Father and and all that that means to walk with your heavenly father, knowing what it means to walk with the Holy Spirit and to know the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, as your as your as your uh, guide and your counselor and your comforter. All these things happen in Jesus. So today we're going to talk about who is Jesus and we're going to we're going to go uh, through the gospel of John. We're going to start today. I don't know how many teachings we'll do in this, um, but we're going to. We're going to go through verses one through five today, verse by verse. We're just going to pick it apart like we always do. Um, last time, uh, for those of you who watched, we did our first topical teaching on what is a Christian and how do I become a Christian? And that's that's available uh, in the podcast and on the, the YouTube Kingdom Discipleship YouTube um, channel. So... We're going to go ahead and pray, and then we will get rolling. Father, we thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the living word of God. Father, we thank you as this passage teaches us about Jesus being the living word of God, that Jesus is actually called the word of God, Lord Jesus. We, we worship you, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and favor and goodness on our lives. We thank you for being our Savior, Lord, and giving your life for us. Jesus, we celebrate you today, alive and risen. We just thank you for your mercy. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so we're in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and we're going to do verses 1 through 5. I'm going to go ahead and read it first. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And finally, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These are um, 
These five verses have overwhelming ramifications. The immensity of these verses in your Bible cannot be overstated. The consequence of these verses cannot be overstated. So again, when you come to your Bible, right, Isabel? You come to your Bible and you want to read these scriptures slowly. You want to meditate on them. You want to pick them apart and break it open and just think about it and give your mind to it, Mariel, and just consider it, right? What's the first question we always ask ourselves? Why is this in the Bible? And Romans 15, 4 says that everything that was written in the past, this was written almost 2,000 years ago, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us and instruct us. So it's not just here for us to read the words. We want to see what it has to teach us, to instruct us. And it's going to teach us really who Jesus is. Because, you know, one of, the, one of the most important things and one of the biggest neglects in Christianity today is really understanding who Jesus is. In the last teaching, we talked about all that Jesus has done and what it means to be a Christian. What is a Christian and how do I become a Christian? Um, and so we're going to work through these now. John chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. And it's going to talk about who is Jesus. And in verse 1, very famous verse for those of us who've spent any time in our Bible. Right? John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And Word is capitalized. And the Word was with God. And the word was God. Extremely famous verse. Um, and it's speaking about Jesus. When John is talking about, remember the apostle John walked with Jesus. John walked with Jesus maybe from the time he was like, it could have been like 14 to 17, 15 to 18. He was a very young man. And now he's probably in his 80s. So this is probably some 60, 65 years later that he's writing this book right around there, scholars say. And it's interesting that he refers to Jesus as the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And again, he's talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God. So you notice that he says, in the beginning was the Word. Okay. Jesus Christ is not a created being. Jesus Christ, God the Son, is eternal God. I've said this many times. The Bible makes clear that we have a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. The scripture teaches clearly that there are three separate beings three individual entities, and that they are all full-blown God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. It does not say that the Word was in God. That's a very important distinction, Scott. Okay, And the Word was with God. They are together, co-equal as God, along with God. God the Holy Spirit. Now again, this is the Gospel of John, right? It's written by the Apostle John some 65 years after he walked with Jesus. And it's going to be a historical account of 
the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and, and many of the things that Jesus said and did. John's going to make it clear at the end of the book that there's no room to write all that Jesus said and did, but we have this as the Word of God. This is what the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit, has written, has uh, led and moved John to write so that this is what we have in this particular gospel. This gospel is unique from the other three. It's the last gospel written. And we have this perspective of Jesus from eternity past, the uncreated Jesus we have in these first three verses, first five verses, we have the this insight into the God aspect of Jesus. Jesus took on a human flesh. He chose to become a human man and live a perfect life on your behalf and my behalf, die a perfect death on your behalf and my behalf, and then was, a, was raised from the dead so that by us trusting in Jesus, right, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we, we, our sins are forgiven, we come into relationship with the triune God, and we ultimately go to heaven. And again, you can go back to the last teaching we did on what is a Christian and how do you become a Christian. And there we talk, it's a 48-minute teaching on on just how do I become a Christian and what is a Christian and what are all the, the ramifications of being a Christian. But Jesus enters the world because we need him um, as our only savior. He's our only hope. And again, you can go listen to that teaching. Um, but here, John starts before that. John goes back before the universe is created. John goes back to the beginning where nothing existed except the triune God. In Genesis chapter 1, if you go to Genesis 1, and the verses will come up on the screen, um, you'll, you'll see the beginning of the Bible where God created the heavens and the earth, right? He creates the universe. Now, by the way, that's Jesus, as we're going to see here in verse 3, right? God the Son God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, the entire triune God come together and they, are, they participate together in every aspect of creation and in redemption. And when I say redemption, redemption means that, that they all had their different roles in redeeming and buying back and purchasing back mankind, humanity, from their sinful state, right? It's the son of God, the second member of the Trinity that takes on human flesh and becomes a man and lives a perfect life and dies a perfect death and is alive and risen. But the triune God, when you go through the Bible, you will see that they all participate in their own way and have their own roles uh, in creation as well as redemption. And again, redemption was the time where Jesus enters the world um, and dies for the sin of the world and is raised from the dead so that we can have a way to have our sins forgiven by trusting in Jesus so that we can have relationship with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so that we can ultimately go to heaven when we die. But now this in verse 1 is going to speak of Jesus existing with the Father, and it doesn't say it in this verse, but also with the Holy Spirit, before all of that. So this gospel starts 
before the creating of the universe, before creating the sun, before creating the stars, before creating the earth, before creating humanity, in the beginning, before anything existed, right, was the word. In the beginning was Jesus, God the Son. That's how this book starts out. Pretty incredible, pretty exciting, right? In the beginning was the word, okay? So before anything was created, John wants you to know there was Jesus, right? Full-blown God, God the Son. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, okay? He wasn't in God, he was with God. That is a massively important distinction, okay? Um, there are certain uh, denominations of the Christian faith, certain religions that deny the deity of Christ, okay? It's heretical, it's untrue. Jesus Christ is full-blown God. Throughout the scriptures, we find this clear and evident triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. What does that mean? They all have the attributes of God, being all-powerful, being all-knowing, and being everywhere at all times omnipresent, right? In the beginning was the Word. There was Jesus in the beginning. You notice the certainty of what John is saying. You and I believe it. It's in our Bible. It's the living Word of God, right? And Jesus is called the living word of God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. He's together co-equal in his divinity. In the fact that he is divine, full-blown God, right? And the word was with God. And there are the last five words of verse one. And the word was God. Okay? Jesus Christ is God. Verse 2, he was, again, with God in the beginning. That's verse 2. John wants it to make it unambiguous to us. Jesus is God. He was there in the beginning with the Father and with the Holy Spirit before anything else was created. Again, he was with God in the beginning. That's verse 2. He wasn't in God in the beginning. He was with God, right? He's not an expression of the nature of God. He is a separate being, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You cannot have relationship, right? Throughout the scriptures, we see a relational God, a God who wants to have relationship with his people, and it's unambiguous and clear on the pages of the New Testament that that relationship happens only in Jesus Christ. The triune God are completely holy. They are individually holy and without sin. They cannot be in the presence of sin. So it's in Jesus Christ that all of our sins are, for not only of all our sins forgiven, when we trust and rely only on Jesus Christ completely and totally, knowing our desperate need of him. But when we receive Jesus, as we talked about in the last teaching, all of our sin is forgiven at the cross. Jesus receives all of our sin into himself, past, present, and future sin. And we are credited with the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived on earth. 
and that incredible, overwhelming exchange of my sinful, selfish life for the perfect, righteous life of Jesus. That's the heart of the Christian gospel. And when that happens, we come into relationship with the triune God. And the meaning of your life then as a Christian is to grow in your relationship with the triune God, to grow in knowing your heavenly father better and more intimately, to grow in knowing Jesus and to walking with him and experiencing life with him and loving him, and to grow from knowing the Holy Spirit and hearing from him, being counseled by him, comforted by him, guided by him. Um, all of this happens in and through Jesus Christ, God the Son. So it's important to understand that we have a triune God and that this Gospel of John is making it clear that Jesus, who the entire New Testament talks about Christianity, Jesus Christ, where we get Christianity, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, right? John wants to make it clear who Jesus is. So hopefully all that makes sense to you. That's uh, almost 17 minutes making it clear. It should be unambiguous now who Jesus is. But now look at verse 3. Through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Semicolon. Through him, all things were made. Through Jesus, all things were made. But look at the rest of the verse. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. The word of God, your Bible, wants you to know unambiguously. Verse 3. Through Jesus, all things were made. Think of anything that was made in creation. The sun, the stars, human beings, Adam and Eve, um, Everything was made by Jesus, okay? Um, everything is held together by Jesus. If you'll go to the, the book of Colossians, as a matter of fact, I think I'll turn there now and just read it so you can get an understanding of this. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verse starting in verse 15, and you're just going to see the ramifications of who Jesus is. Look in verse 15, okay? So if you turn to the book of Colossians, and we're working off John 1, verse 3. Through him all things were made. Through Jesus all things were made. Without him, without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. Colossians 1, 15 says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Verse 16. For by him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Everything was created by Jesus and for Jesus. So sometimes we can get caught up and we can, you know, never really come to know who Jesus Christ is, right? We can we can forever live our lives knowing Jesus as the baby Jesus, okay? So when you when you read those scriptures, this is not the baby Jesus, okay? This is full-blown God. Now, yes, he did come into the world as a baby, and he was born of the Virgin Mary, right? And certainly all that's important, right? 
But that baby that came into the world is full-blown God. Then the baby grew up and lived a perfect life for my sin and the sin of the world. Died a horrific, torturous death for my sin, Jim, and the sin of the whole world, right? And yours. And then he was raised from the dead, right? Everything was created by Jesus and for Jesus, right? Whether on heaven or on earth, right? All the angels created by Jesus and for Jesus. You and I are created by Jesus and for Jesus. And that's that's not a view that the church has that's being that's really being stressed in the church today. And all of us as Christians, and obviously as ministers, we, we really need to be talking about Jesus more and who is Jesus and that we are created for Jesus, right? Colossians 1, 16, all things were created by him, Jesus, and for him. Everything is for Jesus, full-blown God. Through him, all things were made. Through Jesus, everything was made. The angels were made. The heavens were made. Thrones, rulers, everything was made by Jesus. John wants to solidify. Look at how the verse is broken down. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. It's almost redundant, right? But John wants to hammer it home. That if you see something, when you look up and see the moon, the solar system, the planets, the sun, the magnificence of humanity, right? When you see the great mountains, when you see incredible nature, when you understand the, the, just the incredible dynamics of everything, everything is made by Jesus. And everything holds together in Jesus. Jesus is the glue that holds it all together. Let's go back to that Colossians verse again, right? Just so we can get that understanding of what we're talking about here, right? Look what it says, right? Look at verse 17, which we didn't read. He is before all things. Now we're back in Colossians chapter 1. We read 15 and 16. This is 17. He, Jesus, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Not only was everything created by Jesus, anything you see that has created, it has his hands on it. But he's also the one that keeps it all together. Without Jesus, the entire universe would just break apart and we would have no existence. Obviously, we all take this for granted, right? Every one of us, I confess that I don't think about enough that the breath in my lungs, the very existence of this planet, how it works, its distance from the sun. Isn't it amazing? And again, I'm not by any means a scientist, but it's my understanding that the sun is millions of miles away. If it was a few miles closer, we all burn up. A few miles farther, we all freeze, right? That's Jesus that's ordered all that right? Again, I don't know how he does it, except that he's all powerful God, right? Everything we have in our lives, we need to have, right? It's a good thing we have the moon. It has its purposes. And there are people who understand far more of this, right, Dustin, than I do. 
and that can uh, can talk about it better than I. But and there are great Christian scientists out there that can that can explain all these things, um, how our bodies work. But Jesus created all things in unity with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, right? But John here is wanting you to understand who Jesus is, right? Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Look at verse four. In him was life. In Jesus was life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that means men and women. In Jesus is life. Okay? All life is in Jesus. Biological life and spiritual life is all in Christ. Jesus created human beings. Jesus created the reproductive system. Everything has his hands on it. All biological life has the DNA, so to speak, of Jesus, God the Son, as well as God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, stamped on it. In Jesus was life. Biological life entirely in Jesus. If you go back to Genesis, you'll see how God creates Adam and Eve. Right? He creates Adam from the dust of the earth. Then he creates Eve from taking from Adam's side or rib, as we've said. Right? In Jesus is life. When you come out of your mother's womb biologically or naturally or physically, right, you have physical life. But in Jesus is also spiritual life. And we talk about that in the last teaching of what is a Christian. A Christian is someone who's not only naturally alive, but they're spiritually alive. Their spirit is alive and in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches that they are spirit beings, right? As human beings, we're this hybrid, right? We're physical beings and spiritual beings, right? And when we leave this body, we'll get an immortal body, but we already have an immortal spirit. Now, if you're not in Jesus Christ, you don't have life. You have biological life by his mercy and grace, but you don't have spiritual life. Verse 4. In him was life. In Jesus' life. Do you have spiritual life today in Jesus Christ? The Bible is unambiguous. In him was life. So if you don't have Jesus Christ, you do not have spiritual life. If you don't have spiritual life, you have spiritual death. If you have spiritual death, if you're spiritually dead today, and you leave your body, the only place for you is eternal hell. Spiritually dead spirits spend eternity in hell. Spiritually alive spirits who are alive with Jesus, spiritually alive spirits, everyone is one with Jesus. The only way to go from spiritual death to spiritual life is in Jesus Christ. I believe it's it's John here. I'm looking... Uh, In John chapter, I believe it's chapter 5. 
Look at verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Now, he's clearly speaking about spiritual life here. You've crossed over from spiritual death to spiritual life when you trust in Jesus Christ, when you believe what the Bible says, when you believe that you're a sinful person in desperate need of a Savior, you call out to Jesus, Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You call out to him fully knowing your need of him. Verse 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word, and again, you can go back to the teaching we did on uh, Friday, and uh, you can you can the teaching is again, what is a Christian? How do I become a Christian? And it explains these verses. Verse twenty four, Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth: whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life immediately. And will not be condemned. To not be condemned meaning you won't have to go to hell for eternity to pay the penalty for your sin. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. We cross over from spiritual death to spiritual life. When we come to know Jesus, John 1 verse 4, in him was life. Do you have spiritual life in Jesus Christ today? Have you received Jesus Christ? As we talked about in the last teaching, when you receive Jesus Christ, you become one with Jesus, one with the spirit of Jesus. God, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, joins himself to you and gives you life, spiritual life. You come into new spiritual life. You're born again spiritually, and you're now spiritually alive. God the Father is your heavenly Father. You're related to him in spirit, right? Your spirit now is in the family of God, and you're related to all the other believers called the body of Christ, the church. The true believers that are spiritually alive those Christians that are truly saved from their sin, that have genuine relationship, that are truly and currently trusting and actively trusting in Jesus Christ as their only Lord and Savior, are spiritually alive. They have life in Jesus. Verse 4, John 1, in him was life. And you're part of the big family of God. You're part of the body of Christ. Right? We're all related. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. In him was life. Verse 4, John 1, and that life was the light of men or the life of humanity, okay? It's only in Jesus that we have light. It's only in Jesus that we can see anything. It's only in Jesus that we can understand anything. Look at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. If you haven't received Jesus Christ today, you're still in the darkness. What happens when you walk around in the dark? You can't see anything. You bump into everything. You're just slamming into stuff. You don't see anything. You don't understand everything. You stumble over and over and over until you turn on the light. 
You need the light. I need the light of Jesus Christ. And in these first five verses, John is making it clear. In him was life, and that life was the light of humanity, the light of all men and women. It's only in Jesus that you can turn the lights on. It's only in Jesus that you can see anything. Right? You go back to Genesis 1, you'll see, it'll say, Then God said, let there be light. Boom, the Son of God, light himself said, let there be light. And man, darkness fleed and light came into existence in the universe. That same light needs to be the light of your and I's heart. You see that? You see the, 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 the incredible symmetry and the contrast there? My brother Tom, the senior elder of Kingdom Discipleship, always has always appreciated just the incredible and intricate detail of, of how clear the Bible is and, uh, you know, the symmetry of how the triune God really has done everything. But as the universe was created and the first thing to enter was light, the first thing you and I need is light. Because we enter the world, we enter the natural world of light, physically alive with physical light, but we come into the world spiritually dead in darkness. Our spirit is dead in darkness, and it's only in Christ, verse 4, in him, in Jesus' life. And that life is our only hope. And that life was the light of men, the light of men and women. Only in Jesus Christ do you have life or the opportunity for, for life. And not only that, if you are a Christian today and you have given your life to Jesus, it's only as you grow to know him and walk with him and obey him and study his word and spend time in prayer and thanksgiving and fellowship and growing together with other Christians, being, being part of a good, solid Bible based church that teaches the scriptures, the word of God that worships Jesus, right? That's talking about Jesus, okay? You want to be part of a church that holds the Bible as the word of God and can't stop talking about Jesus, okay? If your church is not talking about Jesus, you need to find another church, okay? Matter of fact, if you're in a mosque and it's not talking about Jesus, you need to go find a place that's talking about Jesus. If you're in a Buddhist temple and they're not talking about Jesus, you need to leave there and go to a place where it's talking about Jesus. Because as we're seeing here in the scriptures, God, the Holy Spirit, led the Apostle John to write this, that it's only in Jesus. Verse 3, through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, in Jesus was life, and that life is the light of men. So wherever you are today, if you're in your house and there's no Jesus, bring Jesus into that house, okay? There is no religion of any value that doesn't have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son, at the center of it, the Savior of the world, that created the world. It's incredible. It's incredible. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. You don't have Jesus today. Or your church. Or your mosque. 
or your Hindu temple, or your Buddhist temple, or if you're in any of these, um, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, atheism, agnosticism, all of them need Jesus. The very fact that you have any ism only comes by the grace of Jesus, the biological grace of Jesus. But give yourself today, come out of the darkness into the light of Jesus Christ. Where the light shines in the darkness, wherever you are today that's not in Jesus, or if you are a Christian today and you are in Jesus, but you're not living for Jesus and so you don't see him, just come back to Jesus today. My wife was telling the Bible study group that the greatest tool in our toolbox is repentance. If you've never given your life to Jesus, repent of the way you've been thinking. Repent of thinking whatever silliness it is, right? If it's any other religion, or if it's atheism or agnosticism, just repent. I get it. There's no condemnation. I, I know I live half of my life. I became a Christian, uh, what, 23 years ago. I didn't know anything, right? And I came to know Jesus Christ as my own, only Lord and Savior, maybe 24 years ago. I'm not sure how long it's been. But uh, give your life to Christ today, that you might come to know him and get out of the darkness and you'll be able to see, and the meaning of life will become clear to you. The light shines in the darkness. Again, there's no condemnation here. Uh, we've all been in this place, and even as Christians, it's it's when we live in this world, it's 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 easy to get blinded by the world. The darkness is all around. So in Christ, we have to walk with Jesus. We have to live with Jesus, right, Uncle Jimmy? We have to we have to give our lives to him, August, right? We have to just spend time with him, Sherry. We we need to give our lives increasingly to Jesus, Brooke, that we might first know him, and then we spend our lives growing to know him more and more and more and more. The light shines in the darkness, and then look at John says, but the darkness has not understood it. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you today. We thank you for the living word of God. We thank you for the scriptures. Father, I ask you to forgive us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've created this world. You've given us your incredible word. You've given us the truth. And Lord, we have rebelled against it. Still we do, Lord, as a church. And I ask you to forgive us, Lord. I ask you to forgive us, Lord, that you have done all these things and we still rebel. We still don't understand it. Holy Spirit, I pray for your mercy today. I pray you would reveal yourself to us. I pray that we would run to the light that we do have, that we'd run to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would run to our Bibles, and that we would begin to understand the light of Jesus Christ as the solution to all the dark places in our lives, whatever they are. I ask you to help us this day, Lord, to begin to increasingly understand your light more and more and more and more. Lord Jesus, we love you and we bless you. We thank you for your incredible word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us now as we go out into the love of our Father, into the love of the Son, Jesus Christ, and into your love and fullness, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.